Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. join me today. I have an amazing book and author with me, and I, I am so glad that all of you are here to share it with me, because um, every now and then I make a discovery that, that proves to me that I don't know it all, um, well, or that I, I, I don't know more than I thought I knew. Uh, either way you go. Her book is The Lost Continent of Pan, the Oceanic Civilization at the Origin, and Susan Martinez is the author. This is a book that if any of you have any questions about sources and what came when and how things are connected, this is a book you want to read. Um, I've read it once, and and it, it's it's the kind of book you almost have to read a lot more than once because there's so much material here. Not only is there so much material, she connects the dots and and pulls a lot of material together that you never, you always wondered about, but you didn't know how it fit. And she shows you how it fits. It's it's the first. It's not. I don't know if it's the first book of the trilogy, but there are two other books that are in this series. I would suggest that you look them up and find them too, if you love this book as much as I did. Um, you'd go and order them both, and, and I've already done that. The book, again, is is um, The Lost Continent of Pan, The Oceanic Civilization, The Origin of World Culture. And in it, uh, she speaks of, of many things, um, of shoes and ships and sailing wax. Um, it speaks of the destruction of the vast continent of Pan, also known as Lemuria or Mu, in the Pacific Ocean 24,000 years ago. It was the greatest catastrophe that ever befell humanity, yet it resulted 
in a prehistoric golden age of arts and technology thanks to the sons of Noah, who forewarned and prepared for the disaster, escaped in five organized fleets. Theirs was the masterful Ur culture that seeded China, Egypt, India, Mexico, and Peru, explaining the sudden injection of the same advanced knowledge and sophisticated arts into those widely separated lands. She examines the diaspora from the sunken continent of Pan and finds traces of the oceanic Pan civilization in arts and technologies from canal works, masonry and architecture, architecture to writing, weaving, and pottery, but most importantly in the art of navigation, the hallmark of the survivors of the catastrophe. Using archaeolinguistic analysis, she reveals the mother tongue of Pan, hidden in strikingly similar words for royalty deities and important places in vastly different languages, including Kincha, Ma Maui, Sanskrit, Japanese, Chinese, Greek, and Sumerian, as well as English, through the prefix Pan, which denotes all-encompassing. She reveals how the Pan diaspora explains the mound builders on each continent and the presence of white humans in Native American legend, the red-haired mummies found in China, and the Inu of Japan. She shares recent genetic stories that reveal pollination DNA in Central Europeans, Mesopotamians, South Americans, and the 9,000-year-old Kenny Wickman and shows how Pan provides the missing link. She reveals why carvings at Gobeki Tepli are similar to Toltec artistry, why stone tire towers in Japan and Easter Island are identical, and how the Pacific Ring of Fire was activated. Moving the Garden Eden from the Fertile Crescent to the South Seas, she strikes down the pervasive view of Atlantis as the source of ancient knowledge and exposes the original unity of mankind in the ancient Pacific continent of Mu. It, it, it will blow your mind, I promise you. Susan is a Ph.D., a writer, a linguist, teacher, paranormal researcher, and recognized author, authority, sorry, on the Owasca, I want to say Owasca, I don't know why, on the OASP um, material. She's... Uh, um, the anthropology from Columbia, she has a an, um, graduate and anthropology degree from Columbia, Columbia University, and she's author of several books, all of which I, find, I think you will find uh, enlightening, amazing, enthralling. I don't know how many words I can put in here. They're fascinating books. You're going to want to fill them full of stick-it notes and, and notes, as I have with my copy, and uh, just wonder... How much more material can this put out there to you that will help you to understand a lot of what we're going through today and where we came from? So, that said, welcome to the show, Susan. Hi, hi, Barbara. Hi. Um, hi. I, I just I can't I can't speak more highly of your book. I really can't. Um, there's so much material there that that makes so much sense that you wonder, I mean, you, you know, you did the research and it had to have been a phenomenal amount of research because your sources are impeccable. 
most of them, and, and, you know, you just kind of sit back and you look at it and you say, now this makes sense. I've often wondered what happened way far back. You know, everybody's real good to, you know, 10,000 years ago. They've got it all figured out, and much of it is wrong, which I thought was delightful. Yeah, well, um, I guess we all know about Noah and the flood, um, but the thing of it is that um, it did not uh, occur in the old world at all, anywhere near Mesopotamia. And there was a flood and there was a Noah, but uh, it took place uh, on the continent of Japan 24,000 years ago. I, you know, that's, I, I have been saying for so long, where did this all come from? You know, where was that culture that had so much knowledge and wisdom and and you know you you pull it all together so beautifully and, and pan was in the pacific it wasn't in the atlantis in the atlantic and right right though, and we our proto historians yeah. tended to um write about atlantis from a couple of sentences in plato and they built mm-hmm. up the whole concept of lost continent uh, around the Atlantic Ocean. And, you know, after doing the work and the research, uh, it it came to me that uh, the reason for them doing that was to locate a kind of... um, the kind of Western origins of our culture. You know what I'm saying? The Atlantic uh, yeah. as opposed to the Pacific. But uh, most of the focus on, it, on Atlantis is just uh, fraudulent. It's just been built up on one study after the other, and uh, by the power of repetition, it became known as the lost continent. But the real one was, uh, was uh, in Oceania. Why, why I wonder, I mean, you know, they talk of um, Mu Lemuria, they talk of it, but they don't do that much with it. And when, when you look at the material and the connections that you've made as opposed to the Atlantean ones, I used to joke and say, I think Atlantis was a spaceship, a mothership that had a flat tire and just terraformed itself till they found the pieces and then it took off and went home. Um, which to me made more sense than the story that they, you know, that that we read about so often. But but the the continent of Pan was huge, and and you even go all the way back to Pangaea when all the plates were together, and how that was a time when everybody spoke the same language, and it was a time of peace and prosperity. But but then of course they separated and. Pangea, um, you know, uh, yeah, Pangea, I, I'm getting Pangea and um, Pan mixed up here. but I know, me too. Pan, um, it's it's uh, hard to judge because, <laughs> because the literature on the matter is so, so scattered. When, when Pan sank, um, you speak of the ring of fire, and don't we still have um, pieces of the Ring of Fire that that are that, that are around um, the the land masses around the Pacific? 
is that is that the original Ring of Fire, or is that a leftover from the Ring of Fire that that helped to sink Pan? Um, when you get to the business of how Pan sank, you're, you're getting into a different uh, aspect of things altogether, um, because it it was not a natural catastrophe; it was sunk by the gods. Okay. Yeah. Um, m- my inspiration comes from the histories I you can get in the OSP Bible, um, uh-huh. and then you 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 read that, you study that, and then you can compare it uh, to what's known in, in the world, and that's how my own work built up. That's how my books built up. I, I used a basic seed idea available in OASPE, and then I found out if it could be uh, proven or not. Um, There are traditions in the world that do describe the lands being struck down by the gods. You find this in the Mm -hmm. religious traditions of various tribes around the world. They're not so shy about that kind of thing as we are. Um, but uh, if you study the chapters and verses in Oaspe that discuss this, uh, it indicates that, okay, um, I'm going to backtrack a little here and try to tell this story. Um, okay. 24,000 years ago, um, the, the, the spiritual leaders on earth were uh, called the little people or the sacred people. And um, they, there was, um, um, the, the, uh, life was, had become degraded and corrupt and uh, the tribes of, the holy tribes were persecuted and they were wiped out uh, in every part of the world except uh, in the Pacific Islands. At that point, the Council of Gods decided that they had to save the little people in the Pacific in order to retain on earth the spiritual connection that they provided to all the tribes of men. Uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing the the history that's given in Oaspe. Um, And the, the rest of Pan was so corrupt and so uh, dark and doing such horrible things that um, it was decided to sink, sink the continent of Pan and uh, rescue the, um, the sacred people. Um, at this point, the story has a, um, resonates with something that we heard in the Noah story, in the biblical version. Um, at some point in the Bible, it says that Noah was warned of a coming flood and had his sons prepare and make ships. Well, that's pretty much what happens in, in, in uh, the continent of Pan. The, the little people, being spiritually attuned, were told by their mentors, their invisible mentors, that uh, a destruction was coming and that they had to begin shipbuilding. And they did that. 
Um, and so um, they were able to make their escape before just just before the uh, ruination and sinking of, of Pan. Um, and they went out on in five fleets, five separate fleets. And there were uh, 34 ships in all. And you know something, Barbara, that I came across, it might be in the book, is that the, the Irish, you know, the Irish have good memory for some things, especially spiritual things. Uh, they have a little story about ancestors coming around to them in 34 ships. And I found that so interesting because the number corresponded to the actual number of ships that did leave Pan 24,000 years ago. Um, and uh, so uh, the next chapter brings you to uh, uh, the landings uh, where each of the fleets landed. And they landed in five places. They landed in Japan. And, of course, you notice pan in the word Japan. So all it means, literally, is remnant of, of pan, Japan. They landed in Japan. They landed in China, which would be the, the Japheth sons of Noah. They landed in, in, in Africa, which is the uh, Ham, son Ham. They landed in India, which is Shem. And they landed in America, whose spiritual name is Guatama. Mm -hmm. And so with all this going on, I was able to trace in each of those places what kind of memory the holy people retained of the ancestral motherland. And it's there. It's there if you look and if you have the time to do the research. Yeah, I, I, that's where I was so amazed. Um, I, I, I think what the, the first thing that got me was that the little people were the spiritual teachers. And um, there's one place, um, Scarabray um, is, a, is a place in, in Ireland where wise teachers used to come and, um, and, and teach the people, the, the children or whoever, from the many tribes in the area, and they would, and they have, um, they found that one of the teachers was a very short. Um, I get you, you can't. They, the term is is is. Um, oh, it isn't. It's not little people. It would was. Um, oh shoot, name is gone. Um, but they but they were the little people, like three feet high, dwarf. Mm -hmm. They were dwarves. And and so after a while, uh, they didn't come anymore. But but it's it's one of their fables, is, and and apparently the wind has 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 uncovered uh, some of the places where they lived, and and they show how it was set up for little people. And I think the fact that little people play such an important role in everything out there, um, it blows me away that. The, the knowledge of them or their histories just isn't there anymore, and and you know they end up in circuses instead of the fact that they were the foundation of a lot of the spiritual stuff that, that we are working with today. 
Well, don't let it blow you away because um, our science is corrupt. It is corrupt because we we are obliged to uh, uh, maintain and retain and idolize the th- theories that were were developed centuries ago and that weren't even true at the time, but that so much has changed that they couldn't possibly be true. I'm talking about Malthus in the 18th century, Darwin in the 19th. And, you know, the Darwinian theory of evolution is responsible for a lot of the corruption and falsehood in, in, the thing, in our textbooks and the things we learn about the past. Well, it's, you know, it was set up as a, as a political charter. When you, when you develop a, a theory that you call fact, and it's a theory that says there are superior and inferior races, then you're on your way to having a charter myth for imperialism and expansionism. True, true. Uh, and um, also, so, though, if, don't, don't well, count on gonna... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, you go. <laughs> I said enough. Okay. <clears throat> I think what what amazed me is that that basically the first people here were white, and they were little people. You know, white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed type people, and that that you you find their remnants everywhere. And the only place that I can, you know, my my knowledge of all of this is is definitely not anywhere near yours. But but the only place that I can see is is that in China, with the Dropa people, that culture is still very short. And and that uh, there's remnants of those people that come from I don't know how many thousands of years ago, but they, they would be considered, I guess, dwarfs. And um, um, okay, go ahead. And they, um, their own legend uh, says something like that they came from a spaceship, which is interesting because um, the original progenitors. Of, of the little people were angels. Uh, the angels, <laughs> that's another amazing part of the story. The angels came down and took on bodily form and mixed with the uh, indigenous races and produced the little people. So they were like half angel and half beast. Uh, but they were the only ones invested with spiritual power. Um, and like I say, when it came around to the troubles in the world 24,000 years ago, the gods could not afford to see them uh, exterminated on Pan because they were the last remaining people on earth with spiritual power. And that, that's the only thing that could save the earth then. And, and again, now that's the only thing that's going to save us. In fact, I'll point out one more interesting fact. Um, the... Um, the 24,000-year uh, cycle uh, is actually a um, – it, it's a mathematical figure that is used in prophecy. Uh, it had a name in the olden time, and it was called a gadol. That a gadol lasts for 24,000 years, and it's a period that has a beginning and an end. Um, the word gadol actually um, is still in Hebrew – and it means great. It means great. 
it has approximately the same meaning of a huge unit of time. And so uh, the gadol, since the sinking of Pan, is now complete, 24,000 years later, and we are starting a, a new cycle. And chances are there will also be a great deal of destruction before the beginning of that new cycle. Yeah, that's that's foretold in lots of places in I know um, the like, yugas, in the yugas, exactly in um in in a lot of places so that it's it's you know we're we're not sitting here being prophets of doom to be honest with you once this happens then a golden age can be reborn which is which is which would be really cool That's exactly right. Oh. And and it won't come cheap. It won't come cheap, no. particularly with um, half of our own country um, voting for um, r- racist and destructive uh, leader- leadership. It won't come cheap because that's what we're faced with right now. So uh, it's got to play out, and that's what it's doing now. Uh, even this year, it's going to uh, be some kind of turning point. Um, we've been looking at the numbers uh, those numbers, by the way, um, 24,000 years is one of the gigantic numbers. But the uh, the number system used for prophecy um, was uh, crystallized by the Egyptians. And uh, they were called winter tables. Um, and they had such a high culture at that time. They sent their mathematicians out to every part of the world to study uh, their own cycles, and when they came back, they put together the uh, tables of prophecy, and the units of time that they use are multiples of eleven. And uh, yes, we're familiar the, with it. But, Our own science knows it, about it. Uh, the eleven-year sunspot cycle, and then the uh-huh. the next important multiple is the spell, and that's a thirty-three-year cycle and that's the same as a meteor cycle and then it moves up to the next important one the 66 year cycle the 99 year cycle and on and on it's um it's a very interesting aspect of the um figures presented in oaspe that's where the winter tables are um are uh, given in detail in the oaspe bible does does this 24,000 in any way correspond to the pro- progression of the equinoxes as well? Um, you know, I've been asked that question before, and I, I'm not familiar enough with uh, the uh, procession of the equinoxes answer, but it, that's a 26,000-year cycle, so um, there is a, a difference. Uh-huh. But, but that, look no, at that's the J. Day. The day is 24 hours long. Uh, the the t- number 24 has always stuck in my brain, and now that it's 2024, I think we're at a definite uh, uh, turning point, or a, what do they call it? A hinge, a hinge of history. We are at a hinge of history now. Um, oh, yeah, I would, everything yeah, we're I going would through as, as individuals, we've got to realize everyone's going through it. Everyone's trying to sort this out. But the best thing to remember 
is what you said before, that it is going to bring on a golden age, but not before the upheavals get rid of all the crap. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, no, I, I, have, I've been, I, I do some prophecy on my website, and it, it's, it's getting to the point where when I write it out, I think, oh, my goodness, and then it's like, well, this is what I got. And um, it seems to be unfolding fairly accurately. And, and so it's, it's a matter of, okay, so, you know, um, Let I, me ask I'm, you. I'm a mu- Sure. Let me ask you, what's your target year in, in the prophecy that you're oh. working on? Do you have a, a, a target year? Um, 2030, 2050, have- what do you got? Oh, Wow. I don't think it's coming in this decade of years. I think that we're looking at a process that is probably hundreds of years ongoing. I don't think this is going to be a fast thing, but I do believe it's going to happen. So so um, I think it's going to get progress- progressively worse for the next year or so. There will be some sort of massive thing happening, and I don't really think um, – and, and I've said this often, I do not think any country is going to intentionally start a nuclear war. But well, I'm glad you similar. used the word intentionally. Um, yeah. But we have, a, we have a psychopath running for president, and he's in charge of the nuclear <laughs> button. Uh, so, you know, we're all a little worried. Um, well, but, that's uh, true, but I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's happening now. I, th- I think we are in the process of its beginning to happen. But you know, even with the yugas, the yugas, you know, cover, uh, you know, a vast number of years. But I do feel that, that um, once we get into the first of next year, there will be a time of um, pausing. And then it will start all over again at some later date i'm not sure but i don't think we have come to the point where i mean i've often i've seen uh borders of countries be you know changing and i've seen some of the states changing to their borders as well so that so that i think we are in a um a redesigning of how we look at ourselves as a country and so I, I think at some point my feeling is, and I don't know where it is, but at some point I do believe that that um, North and South America and Canada will be one country. And I think that there is a blending of countries that is going to happen. I, I don't oh, know if that's... it's in my lifetime or not. Well, that's <laughs> right. Uh, and even if it's not, we'll be angels up there. With all the experience we have from Earth, when we go into angel life, we'll be able to direct these things and be just as influential. Uh, So uh, uh, people our age, we don't have to worry about that. We we go up there to the upper country and we'll still be doing the same work, but with increased power. Oh, yeah. No, I I totally agree with you on that one. I think that... Um, that, um, started out as one people 
I think we'll end up as one people. But it could That's be That's definitely the prophecy. Um, one yeah. religion, one religion, and even one skin color because the amalgamation of the races is taking place. And that's part of prophecy. We're all blending into a, a, a nice shade of tan. I could use tan. Um, next, next time I come down, I'm going to be a little darker, I think. <laughs> um, but, but I think, too, uh, I think we are unearthing um, wisdom, material, insights, into where we came from, so that so that you know there were um, as far as, as as spirituality and things like that got a long way to go, but it's certainly you know not being burned at the stake any longer, which is an improvement. So it's it's a matter of starting to blend together, but in order for us to start to blend together, there has to be something that triggers the blending. And and I, I do feel it will be a a um, a huge conflagration of some sort. But again, I'm not sure we're talking um, nuclear. I I am more comfortable with talking um, a, a hit from an asteroid or a, you know a comet um, that upsets the entire planet, so, so that we're all that, suffering the same. Um. Uh, to me, the nuclear and the uh, military-industrial complex is the uh, elephant in the room. Um, look how built up we are, and particularly America. And is it just going to fade away? No, it's going to have its climax. Uh, so, uh, and yet, Probably. Um, I, 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 I had a, a colleague a while ago who. Um, knew a lot about these things, and he said, uh, it's not going to be, like you said, it's not going to be intentional, but the chances of accidental are greater than the intentional. Well, we've already had the unintentional, the one in Russia, Chernobyl, and we had the one in Japan. And <clears throat> I'll throw in That's that right. Japan thing here. Uh, because... Um, but they were so industrial. Weird, but... They were not hostilities. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I feel Japan is going to be slipping into the sea. And They're having a rough not, time. It no, longer, it no longer has a foundation underground. It doesn't, you know how most most islands and everything, you know, they're the peak of a mass that goes down below much larger? Yeah. From what I've from what I've seen, Japan doesn't have that, and so that it's it's going to. It feels to me as though it it will be earthquake, tsunami, that kind of thing that will take it out. Right, the um, ring of fire. Um, yeah. Uh, getting back and, to and the again, numbers, I, there was there wait, was something ahead. I wanted to to mention about the numbers because we were discussing that before. Um, I wanted to say in the way of um, encouragement, you know, um, uh-huh. our own study, and this is over uh, a few, uh, many decades, maybe a couple of centuries now, uh, uh, 
by the way, the uh, OSB uh, readers, we're called faithists, and uh, we believe in the Creator, and we believe uh-huh. in the coming golden age. Um, I'm trying to talk about the numbers that uh, my colleagues have been working on and uh, what we have come up with most recently is the year 2034. That's why I was was asking you if you had a target year. I just wanted to see if we were on the same page there. um, Well, it's interesting because and I can't tell you which person it was that I was talking to. It was, I think it was, um, it was an astrologer. <clears throat> he said that slated for, um, I, w- I almost want to just call it a, a conference on the planet, um, is a group of spiritual guides, whatever you want to call them, masters of wisdom, you, yeah. The last time they met on the planet, they met in what is now the Gobi Desert when it was lush and green. That same conference yeah. is slated yeah. is slated for this year again. I don't know when this year. You know, I wouldn't put up a tent in the Gobi waiting for it, but because they might be even, you know, in 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 spirit rather than in physical, but my feeling was they were in physical. But there is going to be a gathering in the Gobi Desert of spiritual masters, teachers, I don't know what you want to call them, but but to determine the pathway for the earth plane and humanity as a whole. Hmm. Have you run across that yet? Um, No. Because I, I'm too busy with um, stuff like working out the prophetic numbers and also uh-huh. dealing with um, the psychic breakdown that's occurring right now uh, on the earth. Uh, people losing their bearings because uh, it's the, because of the evil and the wars and the killing and the the mass murder that's going on in in Gaza and in in Ukraine and in Africa, uh, trying to keep up with those things and um, with uh, fascist um, stuff. But I, okay, let me let, let me um, outline something else. Um, okay. The, this new era has a name, and it's called Cosmon. It's it's sort of similar to the word cosmic. Uh, but the the new era is called Cosman, and it began in 1848. So, and one of the uh, prophetic numbers is the Dan. It's also similar to the word dawn, and the Dan lasts 200 years. So, from 1848 to 2048 is the first Dan of Cosman. So 2048 to all the is the most profoundly important date because we know that at that time the old system will be gone and we'll be developing the new one in a big way. Um, uh-huh. Now, um, uh, also, also part of this uh, these revelations 
is um, the um, we have been told that uh, from the very beginning of Cosman uh, to the first Dan, um, the Ethereum host will be with us here on Earth to help us get through the first 200 years of the Cosman era. Um, and so that, that means that there's a high spiritual presence here on Earth or, or above the Earth uh, that's helping us through the uh, transition. Uh, and mm-hmm. so when you uh, talk about what's going on in the Gobi, uh, it sounds like some kind of um, um, permutation of the Ethereum host. Um, we're also told that the Ethereum host will leave at the end of the first dance, so that's in 2048. So apparently, <coughs> at that point, um, we're on our own, and we, uh, evidently, I make the assumption that with the Ethereum host leaving in 2048, um, we we have enough spirit power ourselves to handle moving forward on our own. I would. Here's I would another thing. That, Here's yeah. another thing from OSB. Um Every cycle, uh, and the cycles run for for 3,000 years. That's another important unit of time. Every cycle uh, since, um, well, since the flood, uh, every cycle, every 3,000-year cycle has has begun with spiritual power and then uh, went into darkness, you know, wars and corruption and um, uh, imperialism. That's how it's been on the planet. Um, Starting with Zarathustra, 9,000 years ago, he was the first uh, prophet uh, of man 9,000 years ago. And um, let me see, where am I? What am I trying to... Oh, I know. Every cycle, uh, Zarathustra 9,000 years ago. Um, 6,000 years ago was uh, Brahma. and um, and then 3,000 years ago was Moses. But now, now that we're in Cosman, there will be no prophet, no prophet, but thousands of prophets, thousands who can perceive and express the truth and work in that direction. So um, even... Even the Israelis and other people realize that uh, there's no chance of a Messiah uh, coming. Um, so the, one of the uh, translations for um, the era of Cosman is the time of knowledge. So that when we get enough knowledge uh, of, of the cosmos and of our own selves uh, and of history, uh, we can... Do it ourselves without a profit. Well, I, you know, that's the one thing that I have, <clears throat> that I speak of all the time. We have the tools. We just don't understand that we really have the power, and we're not stretching to use them because 
you know, we have everything we need within ourselves, the connection to um, a source, the, the, the power to, to turn our lives around into a positive, um, joyful expression of the wisdom and the spirit that is out there. And it's, you know, more and more I'm running into people that, that aren't looking for tell me about how, what's coming. It's, you know, can you help me find the tools I need to do it myself, which I think is fabulous. Um, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. Are you talking um, about people, yourself or other people? I'm talking. No, I'm talking about myself as a, as a spiritual counselor, someone who deals with people all the time, who does readings and things like that. And over time, and I've been doing it for like 50 years. So over time, when people came to me, it was, you know, you have the power. You tell me what's coming, because I am. I don't know how to do what you do. And now I'm hearing people saying, help me learn to do what you do so I can do it for myself. Oh, so oh now I get it. Humanity as a whole is shifting and changing to, I know you're not that special. You just worked harder at developing those muscles. How do I find them and how do I work with them? Which I think well, is fabulous. It, it's a battle because um, the culture itself the media, the movies, the commercialism, everything, the religious attitude, um, uh, the corruption of science, everything uh, steers us away from our own powers and our tools. So people are easily swayed by the uh, general consensus, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but what mm-hmm. you and I are talking about is not the consensus, it's the, it's the new light. And it it bring it requires so much rethinking and sacrifice that uh, to tell you the truth, Oaspe says, do not count on conceited adults to change. Their emphasis is on the young and on the children. The very first set of faithists in the world uh, set up an orphanage in uh, New Mexico before it was tame. Uh, uh, Geronimo was still running around. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the focus is on the young. It's not on, uh, we've been brainwashed, uh, and, uh, indoctrinated and it's very difficult. Uh, so that, and, and in the same vein, the emphasis among the faiths is prevention and not healing. That's yeah, a hard and, one for you because you know, you're a healer. Yeah. But and and I'm a healer too. Uh, but um, but that is the um, doctrine. That is the doctrine we embrace. Well, they've been very clever. We must prevent they take... uh, and and prevention, and it involves really being active in so in social life. And if you have to start a group, and it's just a group of one, you do it anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I often tell people if, if you can't find what you're looking for, then become it. That's right. Uh, each of us so. is so, is so uh, charged right now with the mandate uh-huh. to do something. And those of us who don't 
uh, are going to be the losers in the big changes that are coming? Well, I think what your book does, among other things, what I find is fabulous is that you really do connect the dots. You really do explain how um, the evolution happens and, and, and that, that, that burst of, of technology and healing and all of that happened all at once. It wasn't a slow evolution. It was a bang, I'm here. And, and it did change the destiny of humanity to a great degree. And I think we're coming um, closer to one of those times. I, I think you're right. But, but I don't think we have to build ships this time. I do think it's a matter of getting out there and educating. I, what, what I love about your book is that, that you are showing how traditional religions today are founded on situations from the past. And and they aren't unique. They are merely an extension of something that's already gone before. Um, so, history repeats itself, and that's what the uh, uh, winter table cycles are about. Uh, because, uh, like the Gadol, the example I gave of that, there was uh, the uh, thinking of Pan. 24,000 years ago, and now we're at the gadol of that. So something just as um, catastrophic can happen at this point in time. Um, All of the prophetic numbers, the 11, the 33, all of that requires going back in history and looking at the dates uh, according to those numbers in order to get a feeling for what's going to happen when they recur. They're they're all... they're all master numbers, and and people have to. I, I think when they look at them and they they um, interpret them, they aren't applying the 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 present time to any of those dates. And, and it's sort of like if this happens on this regular basis throughout time, and we're at that space. Oh, isn't that cool? But nothing's happened yet. But but yet is the operative word. You know something's coming. You know there is something that is about. I, I hear a lot of people well, saying to me, I have a feeling that something's going to happen, but I just can't figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah they're right, because we do have intuition. Um, look at the uh, pandemic. It hit on the 99-year cycle from the uh, Spanish flu at the end of the First World War. Uh, that uh-huh. was... Uh, uh, um, by the way, the numbers vary a little. Like the the sunspot cycle, which is uh, 11 years, can vary from 9 to 13. So it's not strict, uh, but you do follow the numbers as given. And the uh-huh. uh, 1918 pandemic, okay, and here's another thing. Um, 1929 was a stock market crash. So the 99-year cycle for that, is coming up in 2028. And I've been working with that a lot lately, and that's the year I think we're going to have the economic uh, meltdown. Okay. I I would agree with that, because that will be the change of the power in government, theoretically, yet again. And... And, um, um, 
I mean, I can't. I don't know who. I, if if everything were fair and even and everything was honest, I would I would make a chance. I, I'd give a try at predicting who wins and who loses and things like that. But because of what we've seen in the past, I have no guarantee that that anything is going to not be touched. So, but but 2028, I would say, is probably definitely a time when there is major. Um, upheaval of some sort. And they're saying the, we'll the Chinese are going to overtake us economically in 2028. And I say, fine, because we have a different purpose here in America to lead the world not as an economic power, but as a spiritual power. And that's also in prophecy mm-hmm. that America is, was fashioned to lead the world out of uh, despotism and bondage. Well, when you stop to think about it, there there is there has always been slavery of some sort going on, and people are slaves to their credit cards these days. So slavery is still ever present here. So um, that's right. But, but you know, I think also um, when you talk about the Chinese, I think they are getting ready to take over Taiwan. I think they will reintegrate it into their um, boundary lines. I know. I think it, that's a little There's a lot of things that are stacking up right now for World War III, and that's one of them. The South China Sea, Taiwan, Hong Kong... Uh, the, what's going on in Yemen, Iran, Syria, um, Russia, it's very serious. And uh, it's all part of the same picture. It gets more global every day. It does, but I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to be nuclear. Because, first of all, the Chinese want our, our uh, heartland. They want our... Um, our farms, they want our land because they, they're running out of food. So they don't want to corrupt uh, the land of the U.S. at all. And as far as overseas, I think the same thing is true. I don't think they want to pollute the land, and that's why they won't actually use uh, a nuclear bomb. You're, you're but, right about again, that. You know, and, and so you can't they don't want to destroy the land so yeah. they'll have to use methods that that are not um going to pollute the uh the land now that you know there are lots of other ways they can do their their dirty stuff but i hear you I but mean, there's always do. there's always russia and north korea and pakistan they all they're all nuclear powers israel too i think i think um the gift of fire was a great gift. The gift of light was an even better one. Uh, I don't know how we got a hold of the nuclear concept, but we shouldn't have. I think it was a mistake. Somewhere down the line, somebody screwed up. Well, it started with um, getting rid of the Nazis. Well, they uh, were ahead of us. 
they were ahead of us as far as nuclear weapons go. Well, I meant the bombing uh, to end World War Two and to uh, destroy oh. uh, the Nazi influence in Europe. Uh, the the uh, and then after the war, the um, the scientists from Germany went over to America and made a kind of secret pact and started working on our arsenals and bomb building and uh, even UFO technology. You know they brought yeah. you know the Foo the Foo Fighters. Your husband your husband would know about that, right? Oh yeah. The Foo fight the Foo Fighters in World War Two. Uh, that that was a Nazi. Um, UFO technology, and they brought it here after the war under Operation Paperclip, and um, we started working together uh, for on bombs and all that. So you said you don't know how it started, but to me it started there. Well, it's just it was a technology that shouldn't have been played with, and, and then we have the CERN Collider that is splitting atoms and creating many black holes and stuff. I think that, that unfortunately our intellectual abilities um, in many cases have outdistanced the spiritual expansion within us so that, so that you know, they're not equal anymore. They don't balance each other out. You know, and, 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 and that sort of thing is what they used to, what they used to um, speculate was the reason for the um for the uh, destruction of Atlantis that they got too good at uh, dark technologies and, and so they destroyed themselves something like that you know there are a lot of theories about uh, Atlantis uh, but, yeah, but I they just, be... none of them none of them made sense to me i mean lemuria makes sense um it it just I mean your book is you just researched it so beautifully that um Thank you. You know, I kinda of, Thank you. I, I it's wanna just fact. I wanna it's Well it, it's yeah, just but, facts. you know Yes. But we aren't giving our children the facts. Do you know there are, are schools that do no, no longer uh teach the Holocaust because they say it didn't exist? Uh where where's that going on? Ah, I'm here in Tennessee. My neighbor's son, her, the teacher oh. said, no, no, that wasn't, that never happened. Now, I have met it, people with tattoos. I know it happened. Well, yeah. I'm Jewish, so I definitely know it happened. Um, is Tennessee it. a red state? Um... I think so. You mean Republican? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Georgia is uh, is no longer a red state. That's where I'm at. Ah. It, it, it's, it came out purple state. It came out a blue state in the 2022 uh, middle, mid, middle elections. Well, in, in all the years that I've been working with people, when people talk about wanting to move, it's, I, I, I say to them, make sure you're moving to a place that demographically um, coincides with your belief system. Well, not gonna um, that's, that's going on on a, on a big scale, and it's, it's it fairly is. underreported, but I, 
I saw a good report on it recently, and um, doctors and teachers have been moving out of red states, and uh, Republicans uh, and MAGA people have been moving into red states, and it's really happening, like you said, about the borders beginning to change in this country. Um, it really is manifesting, and uh, this is... This is something I can align with uh, Awaspe Prophecy, which says that mankind at this point in, in, in the coming of Cosmon uh, is going to divide, divide uh, in half. Uh, and and uh, the ones who are not for good human values and peace and love are going to go their own way with their own beliefs and with their guns and with their own laws. And the peace-loving people, the faithists, the believers in spirit are going to go their way and will become triumphant on the earth. And I see this happening now. Uh, when, when the news reports on it, they call it polarization. Uh, and when you see, you see a lot of rhetoric, nowadays for unity and when I look at it I, I realize unity is impossible because our mission now as a human race is to divide in in the Holy Bible it's called dividing the sheep from the goats the wheat from the chaffs and it is prophecy and that's what's happening now and this business of moving to red states or blue states that's all part of it well, you know, it, it's funny because I, I moved from, <clears throat> originally I'm from New York, and I had been living in uh, Connecticut for 16 years, and mm-hmm. I moved to Tennessee because this is where my son and my grandchildren are. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't look at it, I didn't make the move thinking politically, but I'm glad I did. Um it just it it is amazing how even even the the element of how people express their spirituality is so different um whether they are attending traditional religions and churches or whether they're doing um spiritual work with with spiritual churches or whether they are kind of just on their own spiritually because of their their belief system just doesn't dovetail into anything that's still out there. That's that's where I am. Um, even though I am an ordained minister, um, I'm non-denominational. And, and it's just everything is changing and shifting, and people spiritually are looking for new places where they fit more appropriately. And I do mm-hmm. know some people that are going that are going back to the absolute orthodox traditionality of Catholicism. And, and, and you know, those people are very unhappy people, and I don't understand it, but they, they feel more at home with the rules and the dogma than they do with the freedom of the spiritualist. Well, that's a dividing for you. People are making up their minds. People are choosing. And, and that's inevitable. We we well, each must go our way now. We have this new era. 
another another point in in OASP. Uh, I might as well mention it because I've given so much else. Um, starting around seventy thousand years ago, uh, began the system called Sephas, and that trans that's an ancient word. Uh, you might find it in some languages, but um, the translation is more or less the established order, the establishment, the established order that goes by rules and goes by caste, caste divisions, C-A-S-T-E. Uh, the established order of Sephas breaks up in the time of Cosman. Um, and so it has run its course. That means government. That means every form of hegemony, and uh, and it's replaced by fraternity, and uh, and also by free will, uh, because the mm-hmm. the established order, as long as it, it's a, the long run that it had, uh, uh, deprives the, the individual really of free will. Uh, it it sets out the rules for living. Uh, and we're still under Sephas, but it's breaking up big time right now. Um, I'll finish off this prophecy by saying that um, those the time periods I just mentioned um, have a lot to do with the time of man's tenure on earth as uh, the period for which we will remain a viable species. Um, it's only 144,000 years, and so uh, 72,000 years, the period of Sephas, which is now ending, uh, represents the first half of humanity's existence on Earth, and the next 72,000 years, which are defined by the beginning of Godwin now, uh, give us fraternity, free will, and the ability to uh, live a good life in our own, uh, as you say, like-minded communities. Well, that's that's encouraging, and I think it is. That, um, it is. It, you know, it, it's unfortunate that that structures have to be, and it's true. Um, I, I tell everybody that when you see something coming down don't don't really be sorry for it because it means something better can be built and, and that is so yet, important for, to be understood you you yeah. I cut you off what is i'm sorry i cut no, you no, off I, it, no i was surprised you agreed with me <laughs> because i you know i i always say when when a building comes down a better one goes up when a uh, but it's different when a philosophy has to crumble in order for a more expansive one to evolve. And just because something crumbles doesn't mean doesn't mean it's it's bad and people are trying right. to erase it. And and you know, but but it may feel that way at first. And and the, and then there are those that try to hold on to the old ways, and that's okay. If that's where they have to be this lifetime, then that's where they should be. But, but you know, you feel sorry for them, and, and you kind of think, you know, there's so much more enlightening and enlightenment available to us. 
and a greater understanding of our purpose and our cause and where we come from and where we're going, you know, over the next 5, 10, 20 million lifetimes. Who knows? But but it, it's, um, I mean, I'm not going to go throwing parties as things happen and fall apart, but I am going to not be upset because I know that it means something better is going to be constructed. And And I do feel that that may well help happen to in some form at some point over the next 10 years that that may happen to our government. Well, I'm glad you said 10 years because that brings us to 2034. And I don't think I made the point I wanted to make about about it. Um, what happens when uh, uh, the reason Coswin is possible in the first place is because the planet as it sails through the universe, it has, has reached a region of light. We have the, the plant, the solar system has traveled into a region of light in the cosmos. And so every day we're receiving more and more light. And this is going to make uh, the difference uh, with some of the people that you're worried about. Um, it's going to expand. Uh, it's unstoppable. And the process on human spirit is called the quickening. So that people, yeah. it's going to be very spontaneous, totally spontaneous. And what I wanted to say about 2034 is that, um, you know, there's a great deal of darkness on the planet right now. Uh, a lot of horrible yeah. things happening. Uh, and, and that's inspired by darkness and, and dark spirits. Um, but when we by 2034, according to the, the the patterns of light, the darkness and the light will come into balance, and from that point forth, the light will be stronger than the uh, darkness. So that's where all your hope and all your optimism is, and uh, we really are sticking with 2034 as uh, an important date. So. That's 10 years from now. It's only 10 years from now. Yeah. But um, the trend is is in our favor. Prophecy is on our side. We've got to stick to our intuitive uh, understanding. And there's so much we have to shed in the way of what society has put upon us. Yeah, and with the, the times that we're going through now, everybody is struggling just for survival. They don't really it, – it's, it's almost impossible for them to um, take the time to expand into the spiritual, and yet a lot of people are. And, um, you know, I, I applaud them, their trip, because it is – it's so exciting. And, and, and yet – when you're struggling to feed a family or keep a roof over your head, um, it, it, it does make for, um, it, it, it's more difficult to get into that aspect of self. Although, with, with every person that I've spoken to, and, and I've, had the, the, I've had the radio show for 15 years, and I've been interviewing people for all that time, all of the people who I have found are quite light, light-minded. Everyone speaks of meditation and um, 
One of the fascinating things that, that was in your book, which I found fascinating, was that the chambers, the stone chambers, the passage tombs and everything like that that had the little entranceway um, where people could sit in absolute darkness and listen to spirit um, is something that um, we have in the, in, the, in the Northeast. There are, there were you know, over 800 to 1,000 of these um, stone chambers that nobody knew what they were for. And though they don't have the entranceway to keep out the dark, I think that they may have been, they may have been meditation or, or um, spirit chambers where you could sit in darkness and listen. And, and you know, it, it, go ahead. You you are so right. Um, I mean, the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid, they could never really figure out what was going on with it. But what is revealed in Oash Bay is that's where the king went and laid down on that uh, platform or whatever you call it and went into spirit. Um, he was uh, shown... He was shown uh, by the angel world how to build the pyramids. Um, and so the king's chamber was uh, a spiritual chamber. Uh, but you see, today's science is not prepared to accept uh, any of that. So we really need to depart, uh, uh, separate. Uh, separation is one of the key words for what's going on right now because uh, unity is not possible. A lot of families are pulling apart one way or the other. It's happening right in the middle of families. You know, it's happening in the middle of marriages. Um, we've got to go the way that uh, our own uh, spirit dictates. Uh, and it's very painful. Um, it's it's very painful. There's uh, uh, difficulties that people are just not prepared for but the closer you stick with your intuition the better off you're going to be oh yeah i mean i i tell everybody to trust their gut unless they've eaten mexican food and if if it was not meant to be a dig at mexican food but you know if 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 you have a if you have a feeling follow it pay attention to it it's it's your body reacting to a situation, and your body probably knows better for you, for you than you do yourself. Yeah. So it so it is so, but but that that element of meditation meditation. I I, I was going to say prayer, but I'm not sure prayer is is what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. To me, prayer is talking, and meditation is listening. And I do believe that that there is information that will come through if you just turn off your thoughts. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's hard to do, but it does help. But but you know when I when I saw that that uh, part in your in the book, I thought you you know I, I my husband and I. Um, worked on a documentary called Secrets of the Stones, we couldn't figure out what the chambers were for, um, though, though some of them were aligned to the to the solstices. That didn't seem, 
I mean, that was nice, but it didn't really seem that was their purpose. And there were anomalies, magnetic anomalies in the entrances of some of them. But again, that didn't, you know, we, we tried really hard for a number of years to draw interest to these chambers because we really felt that they had something important to say to us, but we couldn't figure out what it was. And they where where are they located? Up, all over the Northeast, um, mostly in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, New Hampshire. Um, um, th- on my website, there's a, a, a button you can click that says "Secrets." Pardon me, "Secrets of the Stones," and it, I have pictures of them. They're corbelled construction. Nobody knows who who created them. The Native Americans, the colonists, didn't know where they came from. They asked the Native Americans; they didn't know where they came from. Mm. And, and the, the corbelled construction takes you back, you know, to the, um, you know, back in history to, oh gosh, not not even the Irish um, monks, I, I believe, did them. So the Phoenicians did corbelled construction, but and the stones are humongously heavy, and I think. Uh, Originally, they had identified 800 of them in the 1800s, um, just in the Northeast. And um, by the time we started looking at them, there were only 200 left, and, and he and I were able to go into at least 100 of them. Are they round? So, uh, yep. Well, the spirit chambers are round, like the, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and mostly mostly created out of um uh granite and that has a mm. lot of crystal in it. So yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's I mean I tried I know I know they were not burial chambers because I would have picked up on spirit there. I know they were not um storage <laughs> places because there wasn't cross ventilation. I know they weren't something to live in because there was no opening for smoke or windows or doors. So the only thing, you know, that I, I thought communication. But but the fact that they are so similar to what was in Europe um, fascinated me. And um, so, you know, it, it's kind of like we have these we have these hints that time has left us. And we haven't figured out what they are. We've just tried to make them into something we think they are. And I think that goes for pyramids, for passage tombs, for, um, well, for instance, when we spoke yesterday, I was talking about, uh, I think it's a Teotihuacan, where they have, where they've got the the road of, uh, the avenue of the dead, where they have the structures on either side of them. And, um, the fascinating thing is that the stairs were not constructed for my feet or your feet, but they were constructed for little people's feet. Mm. And nobody ever, you know, take, took that leap, but but they were they were definitely constructed for small feet. Nothing. nothing the, the, the size of. The, there's a lot of that in uh, in the Maya territory. 
And they even have the uh, aluks, the little creature. And they still have some huts that have just the short, the small opening for uh, the small stature people. I'm I'm wondering. I mean, they were they were here thousands of years ago, and there aren't a lot of them left here. And, and I don't know if if through time they even maintain their their purpose of being on the planet. But but when you look at the DNA, um, you, you can see that that they're linked. And I would love I would love to check out the DNA of the Dropa people because they've been consistent through time. I mean, mm. they've been around. You know, their story goes back pre-Diluvian, I would think. But that that was another thing that <clears throat> when they were talking the Rh negative. Uh, blood. Where did that come from? Mm. So you know, it, it's kind of like there are mis- there are mysteries out there still that you know they make up stories because they don't have facts, and then they tell the story enough and it becomes a fact, which which is kind of sad. Repeated a million times and it's a fact. Well, yeah, that's what one of. Um, Hitler's henchman said, you know, you, you tell a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. That's true. <laughs> That's the idea. And and it's, it's um, when you look at, at how, um, how ca- I think what, what what's most important, one of the most important features of your book is you really, you really are illustrating how connected we all are, even though we don't ad- acknowledge it. We come from the same source, and yeah. and you know different different countries, different languages. But as you as you so so carefully illustrated, you know you you have you have similar things across across continents that came from the same source because of the word patterns. And the connection to the to the to the same origin. And, yeah, the mother um, language. It, it, yeah. So I mean that that's one of the beautiful parts of your book that that you know while we came from this and if we came from the same source there should not be war, there should not be, you know, um, vengeance. There should not be anger. I mean we come from the same source. It's it's, it's kind of it's kind of like your book does remind people. I mean, there's so much information; it may get lost in all of it. But, but one of the the major things is that we all come from the same place, and we all come. You know, every every. I love the. Fa- I, I was fascinated by the fact that um, that that it was it was the color was originally white. What, how do you uh, how do you account for the fact is it is it just time and climate and things like that that, that bring in the different colors of the skins? Um, the um, about about seventy five thousand years ago, this is the um, the story of the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the 
the only creatures on Earth were um, almost a subhuman type. They were human, but they lived in trees and they scampered around on fours. They did not have uh, any spiritual understanding, and nor did they have much language. Um, that's when the uh, angels came down and were given a, a manifest a body form, and they interbred with the uh, earth people. The earth people were... The skin, the skin tone of the earth people was dark, you know, like the earth, brownish. Um, uh-huh. They had long arms, and um, and the angel people were uh, had no uh, uh, coloring at all. They had white hair, and uh, no, no. I, I'm talk- I didn't get that right. Where after they made it, the angels had taken physical form and made it with the uh, earth people. And they produced the little people. They're called the Ehen race. And they uh-huh. were very little, three feet tall, perfectly proportioned, but had no, um, mel- what is it, mel- what? Were not melanated. Were not melanated. Okay. They had white hair or yellowish hair, and uh, no no color to the skin. I have a feeling that skin was uh, somewhat transparent. Uh, at any rate, um, the history of man goes down from there, and none of it is Darwinian evolution. None of it, and all of it, a hundred percent of it was a mating of different tribes. Because at this point, you had these holy little people who, they didn't know much, but they just had the, a spiritual connection with what was above. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead, and you had these little people, and they went ahead and mixed with um, some more of the uh, earth tribes. And a new kind of man came out of that. And he was kind of mixed. Uh, the skin was not as dark. Uh, the hair was not as uh, cr- uh, cr- uh, crude. Um, uh, the little people had silky, silky hair. Um, so the uh, next generation that came out of these mixings was different again. It was uh, a tan-colored skin, uh, higher in height, um, you see the blending of the races, and this continued all the way down to Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon. All of your creatures in the fossil record were the result of the mixings of the different races. Um, what made me get into that? There was something that you said. Oh, I wanted to know where you know because originally, I, I originally it was that everybody on the planet. It, we came from a, a white, white. Oh, n- and, not everybody. There have always okay. been, a pluralism has been a fact since day one. There have always been the high and low tribes, the dark and light, the intelligent and the uneducated, always. 
um, and they usually kept to themselves, but there was a certain amount of uh, 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 intermarriage. Um, um, sometimes it was forbidden, sometimes not. Uh, but the result is us. We're totally mixed uh, uh, morphologically. Um, they have always, ever since the creation of the little people, they have always been the dark and, and light-skinned people on Earth. Okay. Well, it's, you know, you kind of you get to the point where no, that, that makes sense, and and. But you know when you when you start to talk about DNA, uh, the DNA they did a study a long time ago and, and um, surmised that the origin of our species was someplace in Africa. And now I'm wondering where did our species come from? Are are we are we from we were reproducing in all the continents of the world and the africa is just another political myth uh-huh well yeah no i i i got that it was too easy and too pat you know to say okay you all came from these bones here and um but the other the other interesting thing was i can't remember you compared um bobecky tepley to um to another country and their 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 sculptures and are the are the sculptures in places like Gobekli Tepe and 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 other places on the planet are they telling a story of this journey or are they telling the story of what somebody thought was maybe this journey i mean they're um I, it, it seems to me that we we should at some point be picking up on remnants of cultures that were here trying to tell us something and not just artwork for artwork's sake. And are we not paying attention to the message that places like Gobekli Tepe are, are, are giving us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know they, they spoke of... Um, Animals that were extinct um, at the yeah. time when the carvings theoretically were made, and, and certainly not indigenous to that to that area. And why was it covered up? Why was it buried? Was it because another conflagration was going to happen and they wanted to preserve it, or were they hiding it from someone? What was the purpose of it? Mm, too many mysteries. I know, isn't it awful? Um, you kind of want you, you kind of want somebody to to you know build a campfire and sit around it and say, okay, now here's how it really happened. Um, but but you know you, the way that you have followed it through the writings of different cultures, through the Sumerians, through the Egyptians, through the Phoenicians. I mean, you've you've found dots that connect to what I would call justifiable history so so your story creates a pathway that that i can see people walking and that must have been fascinating for you when you found the connections 
Yeah. <laughs> now I have I have another question. This this book is part of a trilogy. Is it the first book in the trilogy or the second book in the trilogy? Um, How does the, trilogy the little people go? was the first. That was the second. Okay. And the last one was a book on Harvard Man, the uh, amalgamation of the races. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I started in the middle. I, I'm going to have to go back <clears throat> because the little people fascinate me and because, you know, archaeologists to this, I mean, it's the same with the giants. They don't even want to admit that the little people and the giants were here. And they were so definitely here. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah, there's there's been a slew of books on giants. Oh yeah, giants for sure. Not the little people, and I can't figure out if the little people were actually those masters of wisdom and teaching and spiritual. They were. Whatever. They were. They were the sacred tribes everywhere. So why are they being ignored? Is it just it's too weird and they don't want to bring it into the books or what? Uh, be- honey, because the, our our current science is corrupt. It's ruled by masters who are not interested in, in the enlightenment of mankind. Yeah, they're locked in history, is what they are. And I, I think that you know, frighteningly, part of the whole thing is they don't want to have to pay to get the the books printed, or they don't want to admit that they were wrong. And it's very hard I, to admit think, you're wrong when, when your life, when, when you think your life depends on it, and it probably does. I think you know that's that is um, one of my gauges for determining whether a person is a valid person as far as their teachings and everything else. If they look at you, if you ask a question, and they look at you, and you they say, "I don't know." That is a person that I will pay more attention to than someone who tries to create a story to answer my question. Sure, I and know what you mean. It, it, it's 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 fascinating in that um, you know it, they justify you justify uh, to me the the pyramids all over the world coming about at the same time frame within you know within a, 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 a good variance of time they all they all came about at the height of their development and things that came after it were definitely not done as well which would which which would indicate you know there was somebody here that had the technology and when that person was gone and or their survivors um, the technology went away and and things started to fall apart and and you know the great pyramid was obviously there before all of the other pyramids were there and the culture tried to copy them and the others have fallen apart and crumbled and the great pyramid is still there do you, do you have um do you have a guess as to do you think the great pyramid was just for um, initiation and spirituality and nothing else? Um, it was about power also. 
and it took a lot of slavery to get it built. Yeah, I think I, 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 I and and I don't. <clears throat> I'm not sure I buy um, a lot of the theories about you know how the stones were cut and how they were put together. Um, it, it does it does feel as though. Um, I, I want to use the word magic, kinda. Uh, I think some of these stones had to be lifted in place and in ways that we aren't aware of. I think um, so. They had good science. The Egyptians were the were the scientists of their of their day. They're the ones who developed the winter tables and sent mathematicians and scientists all over the world to to study things and bring it back for them to develop their own systems. Yeah, they are. It, it is it is really quite amazing. You you mentioned um Namadal um in many places. I I'm wondering um was that another center of some sort? Which one? It feels Nan Madal. Oh, uh, in the Pacific. Yeah, there yeah. were there were some mysterious building building blocks there also. The basalt, yeah. It, 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 yeah, they were using they a science a- that we no longer are familiar with, <clears throat> and probably had more e- etheric principle involved in their science and getting huge blocks moved. Uh, I think you're right. It it fascinates me, the fact that they're so... The the blocks, the columns are so um, geometrically similar, and and, um, they created created buildings that were... that they still don't know what the purpose of Namadao was. And I, I had uh, I spoke with one author who said that she felt that it was to symbolize um, the location of where uh, Lemuria Mu Pan um, was, and and I'm wondering if that if if that might have been part of the island that that didn't sink or something like that. I'm wondering if it was connected and just didn't go down with everything else. Yeah. Um, too many mysteries. Too many mysteries. Oh, absolutely. And and the the um I was not aware that uh the structures that were off the coast of Japan underwater, the Yoganani or the the, the I, you you were talking about how um, there was a a, a, a a whole town down there, or village, yeah, or whatever. Um, and you know when I saw the 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 movies of it, when I saw, I mean, it was like how could anybody not realize that this was man-made? But um, the the documentaries that I had seen didn't go into the fact that there were. There were other structures down there as well, and that it was very, very, you know, extensive. Um, but, but as to the depth 
the, the pan sunk to? How far down did it go? Because, you know, we haven't had uh, – science hasn't sent cameras or whatever down to the bottom of the Pacific, to my knowledge, to see if anything is left. Yeah. Um, in the Pacific, at this moment, um, many submerged peaks are surfacing, and there are new islands being created. It just must be part of what the Earth does in cycles, you know. But there is new land, uh, new dry land coming up in the Pacific as we speak. Mountains rising. When you look at the map of what Pan was, I mean, it almost is the entire Pacific Ocean. I mean, it it wasn't, it it was a land mass more than an island, Mm -hmm. it it, it appeared. And that that all of the little, the little scattering of of islands and, you know, Easter Island and some of the other um, islands there were just, you know, the remnants of, of mountain ranges and things like that. Oh um, yeah. There's, if that's the case, and I would be inclined to think it is, why haven't we looked for it? Well, you're asking corrupt science to do your will, and it won't work that way. Um, you just have to do your thing, and believe in it and go forward with it it's just you know when you when you see how much clearly went under you do wonder um what what wisdom what knowledge you know you you mourn the uh library of alexandria but but and then you look at a whole continent literally a continent going under um the 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 majesty and and the miracles and the wisdom that had to go under with it is profound and the number of people that did that did actually survive it are is so relatively small it's frightening that's right so where did the giants go because i know the giants were there as well and I mean, were they were they intentionally tried to be wiped out as well? Um, I don't specialize in the giants. Uh, I leave that to other authors. Um, I I see that there was there was a period on Earth giantism um, uh-huh. that must have been. Um, tens of thousands of years uh, ago and you can find American Indian uh, legends that recall uh, for example beavers the size of a horse and Uh birds the size of a pterodactyl and all kinds of manifestations of the same giantism um people did reach the height of nine feet 
10 feet and possibly larger. Um, I don't know what to tell you about the giants, except that with certain of these race mixings, very tall people did emerge. And that was about 20,000 years ago. And um, those histories, there's a lot of them you will find in Oaspe. But no particular focus uh, on giants. I find it. It, it might have been. Really it might have been because of the part of the um, the cosmos that the planet was passing through that generated uh, such enlarged sizes of animals, vegetables, and human beings. Um, it sounds like to me a passing phase that had that occurred tens of thousands of years ago, but I can't really tell you. Well, I know that it's said um, that at one point the Earth had a a double layer of atmosphere, and that's what allowed a lot of the large animal birds to fly. And that oh, when, there you go. The, so, so when that level of atmosphere disappeared, so would some of the other things connected to it that depended upon it for survival. So, <clears throat> and you know, with our atmosphere, our atmosphere is changing. So it, it is going to be very um, unique to, to see what comes about because um, I know even though I'm very fair-skinned, I used to be able to lay out in the sun and tan and, you know, things like that. I And, mm-hmm. and then it got to a point where I can't. So that, so How come? that the atmosphere, I, because I think of, of the fact that, that the um, the atmosphere isn't filtering out all of the stuff that once it did. And and I think one of the other problems we have with atmosphere today is the fact that we have been trying to control the weather, not for good reasons, and and have probably really screwed up the entire atmospheric evolution, whatever that was or is. Um, I believe we have been the cause of some of the major weather things that are happening that happen in the world these today because because humanity as a whole has been trying to control it and change it uh the tsunami that hit Haiti I think was man made that's just me oh that's just my opinion. and what what made you <laughs> what made you think that I kind of got it in a dream to be honest with you. Oh, that's and so interesting. I've been into the same thing, and I was researching the skyquakes last year, and uh, some of the people are researching the chemtrails and the, and even the fires of the past year or so um, oh, did yeah. not seem like wildfires at all. I don't believe they were. And, and yeah. the huge the huge 
installation that is up in Alaska with HARP. Um, and, and HARP isn't the only place because I think it's all over the world that they have um, stations like that. And, and I think that by trying to, I mean, <clears throat> I'm in Nashville, and the farmers here are confused about when to plant and when to harvest because their schedules, the way they've read the weather up to this point mm-hmm. in time, have, mm-hmm. al- have always been very consistent. Not so now. I mean, I'm a gardener, and, uh, and when I was in Connecticut, I had a huge garden. I have a small garden here, and I don't even know when to do the pruning because the weather is so strange, it's hard to tell when it's safe to do it. Well, um, the way I react is that just go ahead and use your woman's intuition, and I think you'll be fine. Probably. I have no choice. Um, Exactly. I think think that that, um, scientists have just, I, I don't know if they're full of themselves or what it is, but but they seem to be doing experiments with things that they have no right to deal with. And and um, you know, um, one agenda of the secret elite is to uh, depopulate the pan- planet. Um, yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. And the best way to do that is is through war, for sure. Um, That's one way. So Fa- famine, and, and, famine helps also. Yeah. And and disease. So um, you, you know, it's it's just I'm treading very closely here. I don't want to get this show kicked off the air, so I'm not going to go as far as I'd like to on it. But but the the element of they have the power. They have they have. Unlimited funds, for the most case. Why? Why aren't they really working on disease and, and helping people to live? Because the billionaires alive? are taking over, and the money power is taking over, and democracy is fading, fading away, and we are headed for, uh, and got one foot already into a grand human crisis, and. Uh, the only way out is to come together and f- find a, a better way of living. And we're going to need to do that. I'm glad you're a gardener. Well, I, I, I am too, except it got to the point where, well, see, the other thing is our climate is changing. Um, two years ago, we had one week of over 105 degrees every day. Last year oh. we had almost a month of 100 degrees. I mean, you, you kind of wanted to take umbrellas out and put them over your your your, your crops, your plants, whatever. And and so, yeah. you know, with with pole shifts and everything else, and, and the plates shifting, which they have at one time, Iceland, not Iceland, at one at one point, um, Antarctica was actually at the equator. So it's a matter of these shifts are happening faster than they used to, and it's harder to get so. it, uh, 
Uh, no? I don't think so. I think it's a natural process of oscillation um, where the poles change place, east and west and north and south. And I think that's natural, but they built up a lot of crazy theories of, about it. But I think uh, the planet has always done that. But the weather manipulation you're talking about is a, a serious thing. Oh, absolutely. And and so it, it's, you know, it would be great if they developed it to help redirect hurricanes or diminish cyclones or, you know, any of the, any of the major disasters. But like you said, you know, deep population is important. People like uh, a hundred years ago, people like Tesla had developed the technology to do that. But, uh, you know, they rejected him in this country. And, you know, he went to the Germans. They were the ones who who took him on. That's how they could develop UFOs in the first place. Amazing. Well, Tesla was a a unique man, Um, no doubt about it. we we have an we have enough science and technology to z- disrupt hurricanes, but the, uh, the powers that be want to do the opposite. You know, with with hurricanes um, and cyclones, uh, we we I, I'm in I'm the only st- the only kind of storm I'm really frightened of is a cyclone. So of course I moved to Tennessee, and and. I mean, I've seen the damage that a cyclone can do, and it's just so profound, it's unbelievable. Mm, um, I've never seen it. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, we had a, we had, I, I was not hit by one, but we got the warnings to take shelter, and we did, the cat and I. And um, for for almost two hours at one point, and areas close to me, got hit and, and, you know, just literally sides of buildings and whole buildings were gone. It was Oh my God. It it was it was phenomenal. It, they they had they travel on a swath and I'm I'm happily located in kind of a valley so that you know, hopefully I won't be hit but I still take I still take cover. And it is scary when you can drive five five miles away and see whole whole villages wiped out. Yeah. So it is. It is a strange. I, I have a friend from Mexico, and I asked her how 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 they did when uh, the, they had an earthquake in her region, and she said everyone just left their house, and everyone no one was hurt. Uh, it gives you an idea of how safe a, a one-story dwelling is. Oh, gosh, yeah. But, but I can remember one of the... I'm, I'm waiting for California to have a major one. And I'm also... The other one I'm waiting for is the New Madrid fault line that goes up the Mississippi Valley just about. Um, I'm, I'm right on a... I'm, I'm right... I'm so close to it that I could have possibly... Um, waterfront property if the Mississippi's involved. But that one was, was they said, it, the equal, equal to a nine. And when it went off in the 1830s, um, it rang bells in Philadelphia. So, it rang what? 
rain it, it rang bells it it was so destructive that that um it was felt all the way on the east coast oh yeah and it, went, it went right up, it went right up the mississippi i mean that's where the that's where the new madrid fault line is but and that's that that's due to go off again so <laughs> i'm hoping it waits for me to be done being down here on earth and and uh i don't particularly want to uh experience that one i just noticed our time is up and i gotta thank you so much for for spending time and and helping to put the word out about your book and all of the wonderful material in it and i want to make i i i'm going to invite you back for your little people book because i'm going to definitely pick that one up and read that again and and you know then i'll go to the third one but um well that's great for someone you you have keep up the wonderful so work. Much. We we all you need too. to get stronger in on the spiritual side of things. Absolutely. We all need that encouragement. And we are spiritual you know, beings. I, I, absolutely. In in, a, in think, bodies. Yeah. Well, in I, I think bodies. I, I also, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. We don't all fit all in all as well as we would like to, but the Awaskbe uh, book is is out there on Amazon. It's available, um, and there there are you know there the Urantia book is out there and the Law of One, all spiritually oriented material. Um, but but your stuff with all of the with all of the historical material that you have. Um, that you have put into it um, is just magical and fabulous, and I'm so glad you did it and you had the time to. Oh, thank you, sweetie. That's well, lovely I, to I hear. Thank you so very much. And and I will be in touch with you. This is going to be up on YouTube shortly, and of course on all of the different um, servers that we have. And I will send you a copy of it so you can spread around the wealth too. Perfect. Thanks so very much. I so appreciate your being here today. Thank you for having me, dear. My pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for being with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.